Real quick, before we continue with the episode, I want to let you know that if you're a creative person who wants to share your creative gift or whatever you're passionate about with other people and create an online community, a podcast is an amazing way to do it. And you can start a podcast today with Anchor by Spotify. It's such an easy way to make a podcast. Trust me, I'm not a tech person and I did it. So if I can do it, honey, you can too, okay? Anchor has tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. And you can host on Anchor and it will distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. So you don't have to worry about, you know, uploading your podcast to all these different sites. And it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's 100% free. So there you go. Let's go. Start your podcast, create your online community, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, without further ado, let's continue. Welcome to the Creatively by Estelle podcast. My name is Estelle Avery and I'm your host. This show is for creative and performing artists, and this is your space to feel creative, to feel inspired and motivated every single week, and to be given tactical tips and tools for you to reach your creative goals and fulfill your purpose as a creative person. You are welcome here. Let's get into the episode. Hi, welcome back to the Creatively by Estelle podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're doing really well. I just want to, you know, give you a little bit of an intro before we get into the main part of the podcast. As you know, if you saw the title, I'm interviewing Maggie Vera today, and I'll talk about her in a second, but I'm just so excited for you to hear our conversation. She's so kind and funny and she talks about her story and she's so inspiring as well. And she will give you real advice and honest truth about, um, you know, being a creative and what that looks like for her as an actor and content creator and entrepreneur, really, of her um, actor aesthetic blog and online community and podcast. So I'm so excited for you to hear from her. Um, I hope you had a great weekend and that everything is going well for you. Um, I had a good weekend. I actually got to go up to drive up to Virginia and see some old friends from college, you know, people that I love. um, And that was so, so nice. And I got to see one of my closest friends from college get engaged. And that was just so beautiful and Uh, I'm just so excited for her, for both of them, really. And yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful weekend. And church was beautiful as well. So I hope that you also got to have some good moments this past week, this month so far that, you know, you can reflect back and be like, okay, that was good, you know, because it can be really easy to be bogged down by other things and by just so much that's going on around us in the world. And so I hope that you're able to find things to be really grateful for, you know, because it's hard, but the, uh, the gratitude is really what will keep you grounded and what will keep you, um, hopeful and a, and a true hope, you know, hope that is, that is true and deep and lasting. And so, yeah, I don't know, gratitude, (laughs) 
<laughs> didn't mean to go in that direction, but that's where it went and I'm okay with it. <laughs> so also I wanted to let you know that if there is any particular topic or anything that you have been learning about or that you have been able to apply from our podcast episodes, I would love to hear from you. You know, I would love to hear more about it. Like if there's something that was inspiring to you and you felt like you were able to apply it, you can go to my DMs You can on Instagram, you can email me. You can leave a message in the Facebook on the Facebook page or in the Facebook group and just share what that's been like for you. And I would love to hear that. Or you could also leave a review and share it there. Um, I would love to hear from you. And also give me just more insight in the, into the more insight in um, on the direction that I could continue to take, you know, future episodes so that I am even catering even more to what you would like to hear. So yeah, let me know what you think or anything that you have been able to use and apply. All right. Well, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today because I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. Our guest today is the beautiful, wonderful Maggie Barra. She is a New York City-based actor, podcast host, and creator. She is the founder of Actors Aesthetic, a blog, podcast, and online learning community for actors, where she shares all about building a performing career in the theater industry. Her podcast has been featured or has has featured all these incredible artists, Kara Lindsay and Newsies, Mariah Rose Faith, Mean Girls, JJ Neiman of Book of Mormon. He's also like a TikTok star, so... You might have heard of him through there, Ben Crawford from Phantom of the Opera, Lindsay Heather Pierce, who played plays Alphaba and Wicked, um, Tyler McKenzie of Hamilton, and so many more incredible actors, artists, um, and I'm just and content creators as well. Diana Gelletti, who's gonna be on the show later this month, was on her uh, podcast as well. Actually, I think it's the first time I heard of Diana Gelletti before I found her on TikTok. So yeah so cool. She's had so many incredible guests. As an actor, she's appeared in The Little Mermaid and Phantom of the Opera at Fireside Theater in the World According to Snoopy at Theater Under the Stars, which is choreographed by Adam Cates. And um, she's also uh, been in Les Mis at Connecticut Rep Theater, which was directed by Broadway legend and Tony-nominated Terrence Mann. And so much more. She's a content creator, of course, with this engaged community on TikTok and Instagram. You should go follow her over there. And she's also been featured in broadwayworld.com, backstage.com, and more. She has such a creative spirit and such an entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm so excited for you to hear her story and the advice that she has to share with you as a creative. So without further ado, the amazing Maggie Barra. All right, so we are here with the Maggie Vera of Actor Aesthetic. She is an actor. She is also founder of Actor Aesthetic, which is a podcast, an online platform, and a blog for actors and performers to really get tactical tips and inspiration on how to pursue their careers professionally. And um, she's just incredible. She's a great podcast host. I have loved her podcast for so long. But I'm gonna stop talking because Maggie, I want to know. <laughs> I want I want you to. Uh, I want to know like how you're doing today, and we're gonna go from there. So how are you doing? Great. 
We love this question. We love a how you doing question. Right. I'm good. Um, I was talking with you earlier, but you know, I have been super, super busy, but very, um, very blessed to be busy. And yeah, just hanging in, balancing a million different things at once. And even during the pandemic, it's it's a challenge with more time comes mm. more opportunity. And so, you know, just trying to get through and yeah. balance it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you seem to be doing a great job. And I mean, I, I gave a little bit of a description already, but for anyone who doesn't know, like who you are and what you do, if they're not in the theater scene or <laughs> whatever, but like, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, what you do, I'd love for you to just share with them what it is that you do and really how you got there, like the journey so far. And you can go as far back as you want to, but we can dig into that more. Um, but just share with us like how you got to where you are and what you do now. Great. I'll try to give the most truncated version as possible. <laughs> But long story short, so I started, I am today, I'm a performer. I also run my own business, as you mentioned earlier, which is Actor Aesthetic. And I also work as um, a marketing manager for another theatrical educational company. And so that's what I meant earlier by just balancing a million things. Right. When I was young, I started off as a singer and my parents were trying to find me as many opportunities as possible to just get out there and perform in front of people and I was nine or ten years old my dad found an audition to sing the national anthem at some like minor league baseball team and one thing led to another and all of a sudden I was singing the national anthem for a bunch of places I was nine years old I think we called it what was it the Star Spangled Banner tour. I was like, <laughs> I had sparkles on my eyes and braids and I thought I was all cute. And I swear I had to learn the anthem like the night before I actually performed it one day. So that was fun. But that was how I began as a performer. Then someone in my family found an audition for me to be in like a community theater production of Annie. And somehow, some way, your girl booked it. Hey! <laughs> Come on. Yes. Come on. Busy. She wore a red wig. Yeah. She did. <laughs> Period. She did the whole thing. Period. She, um, you know, so I was I was in fifth grade and I was doing my first show ever for real. And I loved it. And I really wow. fell in love with musical theater specifically, whereas before I just started out as a singer. And right. one thing uh, led to another again. And I started doing a bunch of shows in my area. And then I started working with a vocal coach who had recommended my sister and myself an agent in the city. Now, I grew up in New York City, in um, New York City, oh, I wish. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey, very close to New York City. Yeah, and uh, we were able to basically commute in and out of the city after school, on the weekends to for shows, for auditions, things like that. So I got immersed in the professional world of theater by the time I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I knew from then on, you know, this is what I want to do even after, if I decide to go to school for it, if I don't, this is what I want to do as a professional. I eventually decided, I, I think if I want to pursue this as a career, I'm going to need to have some more training. And even though I was doing training over the summers at, um, there's a, a wonderful regional theater out here called Paper Mill Playhouse, and they do summer conservatories in theater. Um, very, very professionally driven. But even though I was just doing that and a couple of voice lessons, I knew I needed something um, a little bit 
more structured. And so I ended up auditioning for colleges. I went to Texas State University for musical theater. And at the end of my time at Texas State, I had to take a couple of extra credits to be considered a full-time student um, because I came in with so many credits um, from you know, AP classes in, in high school. And in order to keep our scholarships, we had to be considered full-time students. So I ended up taking some more classes outside of my curriculum for musical theater that were all digital and online media based. And one of them required me to create a blog. And knowing me, I wanted to create something that I knew was gonna like live with me after school. Like I didn't wanna just create it as a grade and then call it a day. So I ended up creating Actor Aesthetic. I, I took the name from everyone at the time this is like 2017 and for some reason everyone was obsessed with the word aesthetic (laughs) and i don't know why and i still am to this day uh but you know i just was looking for something like alliteration based and i just had to start writing about things that um felt right to me things that i knew and that was being a performer but what i found was as i was going through my career myself after i graduated was So much of what we do is unspoken or um, there's not a lot of information about it online. And we as humans are always going to Google and searching up things for a quick answer. But I I found that there wasn't a lot of information about auditions, about Actors' Equity, which is the union for actors. There was a lot of this stuff was just like learn as you go. But I wanted to not necessarily gatekeep that information. I wanted to give it out to students who were going through this this difficult transition period between college and the real world. So I started to relay all of this information that I was getting from different actors and performers at auditions, and I found a community. I found a community of artists who were somewhere between, you know, high school to 25 years old who were just looking for this kind of information. Mm. And sooner or later I started a podcast as well and some online courses to just help actors who were in the same position as I myself and uh yeah it's still around today she's still kicking yeah but you know that's a little bit about me and my journey and how I got here yes oh thank you so much for sharing I'm already inspired I okay so I kind of knew your story because I've listened to your podcast a lot and you've shared your story a couple times um and so but it's so good to hear it again because like now looking back you can see how everything came together but i'm sure like in the moment it didn't always feel like that you know and like that's yeah there's just so much to your story that's so interesting um i also i was born in new jersey actually fun fact no way where in new jersey um Hackensack I was born in Hackensack yeah so (laughs) my family immigrated from Nigeria my parents immigrated from Nigeria and were in in New Jersey for the first couple of years before Mm -hmm. we moved down south so (laughs) that's fun but we like we love going to New Jersey New York so like that's that's just a side note anyway but (laughs) so that's cool um but to get back on track I love (laughs) what you said about how you knew that you wanted um, your blog to like when you were doing the project you knew you wanted it to kind of like outlast that mm-hmm. specific project you wanted it to become more and like so how did you get into the idea like I know that's how you got into I guess content creation through blog mm-hmm. but then for you to continue going and then to turn into a podcast and all these things because you're an actor you know 
and that was like your focus that was your main goal so then like how did you get pulled into content creation and like what what has that journey been like for you creating content online in the online space because like a lot of people want to get into it and a lot of actors and performers and different artists in general really want an online presence but um or like feel like they should have an online presence but don't know how to go about that but you've just been so generous with like creating a platform where you can give back you know and so like how did how did you i guess got drawn into the content creation space and like what advice do you have about artists who also want to create content online and start their own platforms as well that's a great question i had a friend who had done a couple of shows with you know she was like a mutual friend and her name was Megan and she has this blog and online shop and um, you know fashion line called Your Darling Style and I remember talking with her after I graduated because I wanted to figure out you know how do I build a following how do I start creating content what am I doing and uh, her advice was so great it was just to to build things for your audience versus just for yourself. So at the beginning I was I was writing things, you know, that would that were all very passion related. Like I was doing more like news articles and things like that cuz at the time I really liked journalism. It has grown so much, let me tell you. <laughs> like the logo, oh my gosh, if I go back and look at that blog from 2017, it was a mess. It was a whole mess. And it takes a while to really find your your footing. But <clears throat> I eventually just started creating for for my audience. So I started having conversations through DMs, you know, with people who were asking me questions about what to sing for this audition or where what are the best studios to go to for rehearsal or what's an EPA, you know, an equity principal audition, all of these like acronyms and things. And I started creating content for them. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew if I could just give this basic information in a very simple way, in a very like structured and simple way to my audience, then that's all I need to do. I wasn't really a designer. I didn't really have a lot of background there, but I created my blog to just be very, very simple and straightforward. And I got a, you know, an account on Canva and I just started creating really simple like infographics and or or blog posts that recounted my my times at specific auditions and what I learned. And then someone had asked it, again, it, it all came back to the audience. Someone had asked me, you know, have you ever considered creating a podcast? And I was like, no, I don't even know how to do that. Like, how do you even <laughs> what do you do? Um, where do you go? Where do you host it? And so all of it, again, when you create, and I'm sure you know this as well, Estelle, but when you create your own platform, you become your own designer, your own editor, your own marketer, your own writer, copywriter, all of the stuff. So it was all very much self-taught, but I knew that if I wanted to create content to um, build my platform, all I had to do is just have very honest conversations with people and see exactly what they were looking for. If someone asked me a question about XYZ, I knew this would be a great piece of information to share. And I know many more people than just you have this question. And I kept a running list of all of the questions and all of the conversations that I had in like my notes section on my phone. And it was very, very easy for me to just start creating because of the conversations. Um, And to go back to your thought about 
um, you know, creating something that was going to outlast just the class. My mission was once I graduated was to have either a part-time job or a full-time job that was using a different skill set of mine that was similar in performing, but wasn't necessarily um, a job as a waiter or as, um, you know, in retail. I wanted something that I could control a little bit more. Um, and I, I knew from the start that I wanted to make actor aesthetic something that would also practically keep me going financially. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do that was through content creation. And so even though I didn't really make a dime off of actor aesthetic until like two years in, I knew that I had to build some sort of foundation before I could even ask for anything in return, mm-hmm. um, which is why eventually when I did move to New York, I started creating online courses and I started coaching very regularly. Um, but I know that's a very roundabout way to answer your question, but it all came back to the audience and what they were asking for. Yeah, that's so perfect. And don't worry, like you can talk about whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. This is your show now. But <laughs> no, honestly, that was so good. And it literally, you wrapped it up so perfectly. It all goes back to listening to your audience, listening to the people that you want to serve, like go to where they are really. and invite them in and, you know, asking them questions. It's so good. I love what you said about like, just wanting to share. And the fact that you knew that if they had a question, multiple people had a question, had that same question. And you brought this up earlier about like how you felt like there wasn't all that much information about about the theater world and for actors who are trying to um, get book jobs and trying to figure out, like, I learned about equity. I'm pretty sure I learned it through you. <laughs> one of your episodes, so it was like, I had heard about it, but it had never really been on my radar. And then I was like, let me figure out what this is about. And you broke it down so simply. And it was like, you made it so digestible for your listeners. And so like, that's amazing that you're able to do that because, um, oftentimes, um, not that people, not that gatekeeping is necessarily like intentional, but I feel like, I feel like also because people, if people, if you don't have um, like the idea that um, people reach for the highest branch that they can see, mm-hmm. like if you don't have someone before you or someone that you know down the street, you know, who's yeah. like an actor or like a working actor, you know, like that's something that most people don't really have access to, you know, it's like there are certain jobs or careers that you see more frequently and and more readily. So like, you know, that path and obviously the path for an artist and a creative is not straightforward at all anyway, but it's like even less attainable if you don't see it being mirrored before you or you don't have that information. And so like the fact that you've created that space to be like, come along with me, come and right. see my journey. This is what I've learned and I'm willing and happy to share it with you. And like, and you also share about what you're currently doing, you know, and the things that you're, you know, basically able to do. And so that's just amazing. And I'd love to know, like, what are some of the shows that you've done that you've loved the most? And like, what are some things that you've learned about being an actor and a performer through those shows that you've done so far? Oh, great question. 
Well, it's been, you know, two years or so since I performed because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but I do have something coming up. I can't say yet. Yay! Everyone, but I'm so excited. <laughs> everyone, get ready, get ready, get ready. I want to see it here first. Because, listen, you did. You literally did hear it here first. Like you heard it here. But I'm, you know, and by the time this comes out, uh, I'll probably have been able to say. But anyway, okay. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, the reason why I'm so excited though is because it has been simply so long because right. of the pandemic. Um, but some of my favorite stuff that I've done was before I even like left college, like before I started performing professionally after college. And it was because my time at Texas State was very um, formative for myself, for my for my classmates. We only had like 13, 14 kids in my class in my grade um, at music, for the musical theater department. Um, and so it was very much, so any show I did, it was just, like play go play maggie go figure out like what's funny what's what works like go figure that out and so i did shows like you know working backwards i did like a production of um the world according to snoopy which was a a sequel to charlie brown i did like legally blonde i did spelling bee and all those shows were very much so like go play Go figure out what works. Go figure out what the audience likes. Go figure out the laughs. Go figure out your humor. Because before that, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself as a comedic actress. So I was like, I'm so dramatic. I, I have, you know, like the, the chops for that. But I don't think I'm that funny. And then when I started getting these opportunities in college to just figure out my own my own path and what works for myself, I realized there's a lot more power there than I thought. Mm. And so um, I learned how to improvise. I learned how to make a character my own and no one else's. And that was so, so powerful for me. And that's why at the end of the day, I, I believe you can get good training anywhere you go. It doesn't matter if you think you're going to the top college program in the country or not, whatever that means, really. But um, what matters is the work that you put in and the, and the environment. And so it did feel very safe for me to just be myself and to play and to collaborate in yeah. every show I did there. Um, and what was really special was, for example, for that production of Snoopy, even though it wasn't like, you know, we did a production of it in, in, um, at Texas State, and then we were able to transfer it over to Tuts, which is Theater Under the Stars in Houston, which was really exciting because it was – basically like my first professional contract outside of college after college um and it felt very much so like this is we we built the show from the ground up i was involved with the show i wasn't even in the show yet mm -hmm. um i was just like assistant directing um when i was a sophomore in college and then eventually i got to i know it's <laughs> like that's not just like that's I mean, like the come way. on <laughs> She said, oh, I but was just the assistant director. She's fine. Just the um, <laughs> but it was back when there was just like a, we were just doing a workshop production of it. And we, we had some of the original writers come. And then we had like, by the time I was a senior and I actually got to be in the show, we had Andrew Lippa come and write like an extra song. It was okay, so cool. It was so, so cool. Um, but it felt very much so like we all had the reign to figure out um, exactly how we wanted to portray these roles. So it, it did feel very much like uh, 
like a we were putting on a brand new production of a show and so if yeah. I ever get the opportunity to do something like that again it would be a dream but what I will say is what I learned especially through my time in college was I feel like there's a better way to say this but my dad always says this and I don't even know if it if it makes sense in this in this way but he always says the squeaky wheel gets greased and I think it's so funny and what that means to me is even if you don't even if you might not be right for a show at a certain moment, or you might not be, um, I don't know, you might not have gotten a role, or you might not have gotten the part that you wanted. That doesn't mean that your journey ends. And for example, like I, I, I wish I was in the production of that show back when I was a sophomore. Mm -hmm. But what I learned was, it wasn't, I don't think I would have done the role justice at that time. The, the girl who played it before me was fan freaking tastic and I learned so much from her but what I will say is I sought out that opportunity to be an assistant director there wasn't we did another production shortly after I didn't get cast but I wanted to swing the show um and I learned so much from that opportunity and then and then started getting opportunities outside of school to be an understudy to be a swing because I had experience doing that and I would have never had experience doing that had I had not sought out the opportunity so um just because you don't get necessarily what you want doesn't mean it's um the end of the road and you can essentially make your own opportunities that could lead to something you might never never know is coming um and that was so important for me to learn in college. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, that's uh, that's so cool because you, what you're saying is something that we all can learn from as artists, and just people really, like taking advantage of whatever opportunity or just putting yourself out there, just trying. And then like, maybe you don't get exactly what you thought you would get. Like, you're not going to, you're, you can't always know the end result. Um, but you can take the first step, right? You can at least try in that direction that you're, that you're curious about, that you're interested in. And then like, just walk the path from there, you know? And what you're saying about how um, you learned that in college is interesting because you mentioned that um wherever you get your training you can still like you get out what you put in yep. so i mean and we had mentioned before that of course the road to being an artist is a winding road full of ups and downs and i think sometimes the idea of getting training at a certain place or you know a certain establishment can feel better to us because of like it feels more certain yeah. it feels more i guess safe is a is a good word or but at the same time like nothing in this industry is really like certain or safe quote unquote um but you can make of it what you what you it's what you make of it that like that's what you're going to get out of it yeah. and so like i want to i'm curious like cuz you always when i whenever i listen to your podcast like whenever you interview people you always ask such good questions. And one thing you ask is about um, their college audition process and how that went and like their first job after college. And I think what you're trying to do is of course, give information, helpful information to listeners who are trying to audition for um, college programs. But also I feel like what you're doing is you're letting them know that everyone's story is so different. <laughs> everyone's process is so different. And like from, 
um, interview to interview to interview. Yes, there are some things that seem similar, but like there'll be people who had this interview process and this went wrong or like mm -hmm. some people who like started in this program and then did this instead or like didn't get work right after and did x y or z and then this opportunity came up and it's like you're just like um <laughs> what do i do you know what i mean but it's just it's just like being willing to go with it and being willing to put in your best work and um get what you're supposed to get out of that situation, out of that experience. So, but do you think that the training aspect and um, the specific training aspect is worth it or not worth it, but like is so crucial to the success of a performer, an artist, a creative, because mm -hmm. whatever your creative, whatever your craft is, you, there isn't always an option for artists to go to school and then some people will just take the route not to and they end mm -hmm. up successful as well but most everyone gets training to some extent i'm curious about your thoughts and like how structured training should be and like what that sh should look like or is there a should you know for everyone like what are your what are your thoughts on the training yeah, i agree that it's so different for every person and for me you know, there was a time where I thought, oh, I don't need to go to school because I got really close to like getting a show. And I actually spoke to my parents a couple of years after that. And I was like, do you think it did you think I was going to go to school if I got that show? And they were like, no, because we didn't think you needed to go. But then we're so thankful that you did. Right. Um, and I think I'm more of a pro proponent of just having that college degree versus uh, I do really respect the training. And I do think it was very important for me specifically. Um but as you said, it is different for everyone and it would be so elitist or, you know, it would be so elitist to say you need to have college training mm -hmm. or you need to have, you know, you need to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars um, because not everyone has that opportunity. And that just shuts the door so quickly for mm -hmm. um, an artist who hears something like that. So I don't, I will never be the one to say that you need college training in order to be successful in this industry because frankly, it's not, it is not linear. It's not as linear as being a doctor or a lawyer. You know, you need to have that, that college experience in order to uh, even get a job in those fields. Um, but obviously it's not that for an actor. And, mm -hmm. and there are so many people that you see on TV that never went to school that started performing when they were six and then, right. you know, just kept doing it or, or they, they moved to New York city when they were 18 and, and one of the ways that you can get around having to have some sort of structured um, curriculum is by taking advantage of the, the training opportunities that are around you. Um, I've told students who I've coached with before through college auditions, I always say, listen, at the end of the day, you don't need to go to school. So you don't need to put all of your eggs into one basket and think that if I don't go to school, I'm done. Right. What you can do and what I know certain people have done in the past is they make their own they make their own training so they make their own curriculum they they seek out different um smaller performing arts schools like uh training programs things that aren't necessarily education based where you need to have gen eds um but they they take classes at broadway dance center every day in new york city or they they have a voice coach that they work with every week that is that is simply fine as well um it just depends on what you need and what you're looking for but i will say that I am definitely grateful to have a degree because what that means is, you know, once you graduate college, um, it is very challenging to get a job outside of the musical theater field 
without a degree. So if you are, if you do have another passion or you do want to apply for another job that um, is more so like a full-time job, um, it is very challenging to get a job without that degree. So um, that's why I say that having the degree is very helpful, no matter if it's a BFA, BA, musical theater, acting, doesn't matter. My, I was just talking to my dad and he has, um, at the position that he was at prior to the pandemic, he had salespeople who had their BFAs in musical theater and he works in the elevator (laughs) engine. He worked in the elevator industry. And I just think that's so wonderful. And at the end of the day, you know, actors have so many skills that make them really great for any sort of position outside of performing, but yeah. Those skills are transferable, absolutely. For any artist, like your skills are so transferable and so needed. I love that. That was a really good answer. And hmm. I feel like a very relieving answer for certain for some people to know like it's okay. Like your journey is your journey and it's gonna be different and that's okay. Like yep. but yeah, the training is so it's still important, but it's okay if it looks different. So right. I also, I also want to, I do want to also ask about, okay, so (laughs) I'm blanking for a second. Okay, so you talked about um, how you have been creating content, you started this business alongside acting, and now you're also, you have another job in marketing, and so, I mean, I hate the whole, like, how do you balance it question. But I do also want to know how you balance it and not even just the balancing aspect, because there is no such thing as like perfect work life balance or balance or whatever, like that is very subjective. But I think I love what you said about knowing that you wanted to build this for yourself so that you could support yourself financially and still be able to pursue, you know, your um, passion and your career as an actor which is so important and so beautiful um, because they they coincide so nicely for you. And like, that's that's just amazing. Um, but how do you feel like you kind of overcome the challenges of scheduling and planning out like, what are your next creative goals? What are your plans for this next month, your next quarter? Like, how do you organize your schedule? Because I feel like because we are creatives, we're like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do all of this. And I'm definitely that person, but like, I need my planner. Like I need to know what's going next, what's happening and kind of organize, have some structure. So how do you structure your schedule and your calendar as a creative and an actor full-time? I will be so candid with you. It's so hard. Um, I was I feel as though I had a much better handle on things prior to the pandemic because at the time I had less to um, to juggle. I had I had just moved to New York in 2019 and um, you know had the stress of having to pay for rent and having to pay to live in the city. So I had you know the stress of having to to work in order to to sustain myself without anyone else's help. So prior to that, you know, I was living. I was either doing a show or I was living at home in New Jersey, so I wasn't having to pay for that. But then when I moved, you know, came the extra stress of of having to to sustain myself financially. So I was working more with Actor Aesthetic. I was coaching a lot more, and I was going to a million auditions because at the time, prior to the pandemic, there was an audition every single day. And I would say for the most part, 
I had a pretty good handle on things because it was very easy for me to coincide actor aesthetic with my performing life and my auditioning, um, which is, again, why I wanted something that was way more flexible than um, another part-time job that I'd have to travel to, you know, right. travel downtown to go to. I could do it from my, my apartment. But then when the pandemic happened and everything stopped, I focused very heavily on actor aesthetic because it was the only thing that I had at the moment. I was not performing. I was not auditioning. Nothing was going on. But then something switched because then in 2021, I thought to myself, things aren't in the beginning of 2021. Not a lot of stuff was opening up yet. So I was still focused on my career with actor aesthetic. But I also just wanted to make more money and also try to um, pick up something else that that could fulfill me. And so I started applying to like copywriting positions and things like that. And ironically, the the position that I'm at today with this company um, in their marketing department came because of actor aesthetic, because they knew wow. my work online That's as a content. Isn't that crazy? As a content creator. Um, and again, at the end of the day, everything I do has a rhyme or reason. And I knew that I wanted you know, if I wasn't yet going to be making money off of actor aesthetic, this was before 2019, then I mm -hmm. wanted to at least have it as a portfolio for myself if I did want to pursue a job as a content creator or something. And um, and that's exactly what happened. So they hired me onto their team. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I was working outside of performing. I was working a full-time job, 10 to 6 every day. Wow. Thank God it was remote, so I wasn't traveling. But that was a whole new adventure for me. And so I'm still to this day working that job. And now I have that on top of actor aesthetic, on top of things starting to open back up and um, shows starting to hire. So what I'm finding right now is that it is very difficult for me to balance because um, there are so many new things, which again, I feel very blessed, but there are so many new opportunities and things that I did not foresee um, coming my way that are very challenging. Now, what I will say is my one true goal and, and passion in life has always been performing. So at the end of the day, even though I love to do my job, I love to do actor, actor aesthetic, I love to write, I love to work for others, I want to perform. So I have to, I know for myself, I will not be happy unless I make time for myself to send audition videos and, and still like keep up with my craft. Um, okay. It just, I would not be, I simply wouldn't be happy. So I know that I have to focus on uh, that first and foremost. So sometimes things fall to the wayside. You know, I was saying to you earlier, it's been difficult for me to schedule filming or recording actor aesthetic podcasts because um, I am focused so heavily on my job and, and auditions. So I think I'll find my way within this next month. Hopefully, probably not. Who's to say? But I do know it is very important to prioritize, like prioritize what means most to you. And right now for me, it is performing. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was just about to say that it's clear that the biggest thing for you is you know your priority. You know yeah. what you feel like is your, I would say like even calling or like what you feel like you are meant to do is to perform, is to be on stage. And it's so obvious, like you're just such, I mean, if anyone follows you on TikTok, they can tell like you just love to perform. What a weirdo. You're I'm a such star. a weirdo. <laughs> we will get to how people can follow you and keep in, in touch with you and follow up with all you're doing. Oh, wow. At the end, so because weird. everyone needs to follow you on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram, but 
like you're just doing all these cool things and you're you're always just kind of performing on the app which is so cool to me because it's like even though you're not on stage you're still willing to put yourself out there and do the thing that you love which is to perform which is to create characters and you're doing that in a fun way for yourself so that's so cool i mean and the thing is what you said was uh, about um you know applying for copywriting jobs and having that on your portfolio and then also balancing performing at the same time i wonder if you encounter imposter syndrome or insecurity in any way like when it comes to because obviously like as a performer like there will always be some there are always some internal things to work through I feel like but like (laughs) how have you encountered that because not everyone in the industry is also building a business you know Mm. and not everyone who's building an online platform is also an actor like do you ever feel like you're not sure like where you fit or like do you ever feel that imposter syndrome and how do you combat that as an artist this is creative? such a great question because you know every single person who is an artist or or identifies as an, as an artist has dealt with at some point in their life this feeling of i'm not good enough mm-hmm. and or where do i belong and my god did i feel that and even though i i would say for the most part you know i am i have always been very confident in what what i'm good at um, but the stuff that the stuff that doesn't come naturally to me, for example, like dancing or um, things like that, uh, the imposter syndrome floods. And as a performer, you know, if I feel as though even if I get an audition, if I get like, you know, I the other day I just was dealing with this. I have to deal with this this weekend. Um, you know, I have this audition tape that I have to film and I got this audition and I thought, I can't do this like this is I never thought I would ever be called I'm serious like I never thought I'd be called in for this role I cannot sing this I it's either I can't sing this material or I I don't really look the part or I'm not really BS it's just BS Mm -hmm. because even getting that audition in the first part is a huge win it's a huge success you're you either submitted for something or your agent submitted for you and a casting director at least trusts you enough to submit for a production the same thing for for being a creator online is you deal with so much on the the internet is the wild wild west like you deal with trolls you deal with like crazy people online that can hide behind a private profile or you deal with people who are public and don't agree with your work or they don't they don't believe in what you do or they don't think you're educated enough for it and when i was younger I always dealt with, well, how can I, I'm, you know, at the time when I graduated college, I was like 22, 23 years old. And I was like, what does a 22 year old that's never been on Broadway know about being an actor? And I had to keep reminding myself, like, I'm an actor. It does not matter that I was not on Broadway or didn't do a national tour. Like I've still, this is still what I do. And I'm still recounting, um, very real, real, um, stories and things that I've been through. What I will say though, is if there's ever something that you don't know or you don't feel confident in, seek out someone for that advice or seek out someone for that information. That's why on my podcast, I found even if I don't know about a certain topic because I have not been on a tour or I have not been on Broadway, reach out to someone who has and Mm -hmm. have them give that information because we don't know everything, but we certainly can learn. Um, 
you know, it's, again, it's a very difficult thing to do as a performer and as an artist because we are so hard on ourselves, but yeah, you just got to trust that you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're good at it. Yeah. And you had to remind yourself, like, look, sure. I've done this. Changing that thought pattern, that, like, negative, like, inner critic thought pattern, like, it's a constant thing. You know, I wish it was just like a one-time thing. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, no, you have to constantly fight that as you go throughout your journey and as you're continuing to do what you love to do, like to do the work you love. Yeah, you have to fight that internally. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's crazy, but I love that. I love what you said. And I love that you have been able to, because imagine if you had it, like you wouldn't have actor aesthetic, you know, you wouldn't be where you are. Right. And that would have been so sad for all of us who love the um, show, who love your platform, it would have been so sad because like you wouldn't be able to, you know, have that as another outlet while also performing, you mm. know? So like, it's that step of, I, I would say courage. Like it really does take courage to believe that in spite of your inner fears and maybe even external yeah. opposition, like you talked about trolls and people online, like in spite of that, you still persist because you know what it is that you're trying to do. And that kind of gets you through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just love that you that you still push through. And that's what it takes. Everyone that you've interviewed, that I hear you interview, they all have similar things. You know, you have yeah. to face that opposition, internal or external, and keep going because you mm-hmm. know what you're trying to get to in the end. So I love that for you. And I'm so, uh, you've just been so generous with your time. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to know, what is your favorite part of being a creator and an actor like being a creative person in general you know this show is for creatives and performing artists and sometimes you just need to you just need that reminder of like why you do it and what it is you love about it so what's your favorite thing about performing about being a creative and like what is it that what makes it so purposeful to you you know Hmm. For me, it's building something out of nothing or like creating something out of nothing that just like comes from my brain, whether that's creating content online as a performer, as an artist, as an educator, whatever that is, or if it's taking on a role, whether that's performing or simply auditioning for three minutes, it's creating something out of nothing. It's it's simply building something from your imagination and that is so um as an artist that's so inherent to our careers that doesn't exist a lot in other fields like i mentioned earlier you know if you're a doctor you're following very specific uh rules by the book and they have been that way for years whereas performing there is a lot of room and as an artist there's a lot of room for creativity there's a lot of room for interpretation and that can be very um overwhelming but it can also be very freeing because if you do if you do just sort of let yourself it comes back to what I, I was talking about earlier in college just let yourself play and see what works that is so fulfilling as an artist and that is something that i missed over these past 2 years was actually getting to do just that um so i'm excited to do it again soon but um that is by far my favorite aspect of being an yeah. artist yeah that's so beautiful I, I would say like I think everyone who's an artist would probably agree like that's that's one of the best parts like seeing something that you just thought of come to life and sometimes it turns out differently than what you had even imagined most of the time but yeah. do you know what I think is so funny though is like the my favorite 
my favorite way to witness that is, and I know it sounds silly, but like going on TikTok and just seeing people create things. Yeah. And it's like, how did you think of this? Like, how did you think of this concept? And I always, I feel like I talk about them and everywhere I go, like every coaching opportunity I do or like every, <laughs> everywhere I go, I always mention JJ Neiman, but I, I just think that man is... <laughs> I don't have to tell him I mentioned oh him. You know, he, something about people like him. Um, it's what I aspire to be like because I have never, he is totally like unhinged is not the word because that has a negative <laughs> connotation, but you know what I mean? There's, there's something about him that's so free. Free. I was uh, free. Like, yeah. It's right. like, he's just so free to create. And I swear to God, it's, it's genius every single thing he puts out there and sometimes you know there's two different ways that you can create on tiktok there's one way where you can do your own take on a trend but then there's another way where you simply build something out of nothing and those are the most brilliant things i've ever seen and for people to not only do that but then to make a series out of what they've built you know for him it's those like backstage moments that he yes. those videos that he does where it's like backstage and it's like what people are talking like God, it's so brilliant. Um, and to see people do that and to and to capitalize off of it and just to like make their own empire off of Literally. a social media app, it's just brilliant. I have so much respect. I think it's the coolest thing ever. It's and it's so something cool. that I really love to, to witness, yeah. witness these days. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love seeing actors doing it. I love seeing artists doing it because it's like, yeah this is your stage like this is where you shine you get to show off like yeah who you are and the things that you're good at on this free and then yeah. all these opportunities come for them and i just i get so happy when i see people coming with, up with these opportunities because they're literally doing what they love on this app and i'm just like oh it's so fun it's like even when i see people like uh people into fashion or people uh or literal artists who are like drawing their own things or painting their own things and they're gaining this this popularity because they simply created something out of nothing and and found their own niche it's so special it's really really special amazing i love that and I, i'm so glad that you brought that up because i hope <laughs> that encourages someone like you can create like wherever yeah. you are whatever platform like you can create what it is that you want to create like there's mm -hmm. the sky's literally not even the limit like yeah what you can do and it's amazing to have that kind of mindset so um, before we finish up, I do just want to have one last question, which I always ask my guests, which is if you had one piece of wisdom or advice for the creative, the artist, the performer who is listening right now, what would you tell them uh, just to help them along their creative journey? No pressure, but <laughs> just no one pressure thing. at all. I, but the thing is, I love asking other people this question because I never have an answer. Right. Like, okay, what do you have to say? <laughs> I'd say for me, the first thing that popped up in my mind was you have to be your own advocate as an artist. Um, and that can mean many things. But to me, what that meant was you have to treat the industry that you're in, whether you are a performer you can be a choreographer, you can be a set designer, but you have to treat the industry that you're in as a business. And it is a money-making business, just like any other industry. So a lot of what we go through is very subjective um, and not personal. So first and foremost, you have to be your own advocate because what happens is when you do pursue a career as an artist, 
like I said, things are, uh, are very subjective. The best way that you can put your, your, your best foot forward is by learning the ins and outs of that industry itself, which is why one of the biggest reasons why actor aesthetic became, I would, I would say became popular was because artists were becoming their own advocates. They were looking up things, uh, they were looking up the directions and rules and systems that already were in place when it came to auditions, when it came to finding an agent. All of that stuff is so is is so important and it's just as important as learning how to sing, dance, and act. Because that's all easy. But I always say you can be the best actor in the world, but it simply doesn't matter if you don't know how to advocate for yourself. And you can even have an agent, but they're only going to be doing 10% of the work for you. You have to do the other 90. So you have to know how to present yourself, how to market yourself, how to brand yourself, how to build your own platform and build your own, um, your own content, get your foot in the door without anyone's help, because no one is going to help you like you do for yourself. No one's going to believe in you like you do for yourself unless that's your unless your parents love you and support you as well, which they will believe in you, you know. But um no one's going to do that for you. You have to do that for yourself, and that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned from early as, you know, 15 years old. That's something that's so important that you have to remember. Yeah. That's amazing. Advocate for yourself, know the yeah. business of the industry you're in. Yep. Put your get your foot in the door, you know. Put in the work for the thing that you believe in that you love you know that's amazing ladies and gentlemen maggie dara <laughs> i have no words <laughs> so amazing thank you so much for your generous just like gener generously spending your time and sharing with us so much advice and wisdom and sharing your story really i really do appreciate it and i know that someone is going to be inspired by the you down the line like i i myself I'm sorry <laughs> i myself am so inspired so thank you so so much i would love for you to share with us how we can mm -hmm. keep up with you how can everyone follow you fantastic so if you are a performer in any aspect um i definitely suggest you check out actoraesthetic.com yes. you can follow the blog um on instagram at actor aesthetic if you would like to check out my shenanigans and all the weird things that i'm doing online please go to <laughs> you can follow me on instagram and tiktok at maggie barra or you can um check out uh my my website maggiebarra.com yeah Awesome. Thank you so much. I will link everything in the show notes so everyone can go follow you. Support, support Maggie Vera, guys. Support her. Follow her. Keep up with what she's doing. You will be entertained. You will feel inspired. Like you will love what she's doing. So make sure you keep up with that. And thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Estelle. You rock. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Creatively by Estelle. I hope you feel encouraged by today's episode as you start this week. And if you have a moment, I would love for you to just share this episode with a friend if you liked it or with someone who you think this could be encouraging to. It would really help the show. Also, if you really loved this episode, if you wouldn't mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review and rating this show, it would really help us reach more more people through this show and grow our creatively community. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.